You're listening to Once a Raider, Always a Raider on the Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT the Brick. sound bites that we're getting to get all the great broadcasters on top of Bill King, the Monday night football guys that are checking in. You hear all these different legendary voices over the years. It's fantastic. Summer of Cliff. God, I got off the radio at 11 last night. My wife and I got in the pool. We sat outside till midnight, 1230, just trying to cool down here, man. It is it is something. And I've had a couple of uh, quick trips, golf trips to San Diego, and I know I'm going to see Mike Haynes a lot from Canton, Ohio, throughout the year. The Gentleman Raider, the Hall of Fame, are kind enough to join us. Mike, how's the summer treating you? Thanks for coming on. So far, great. Good. Your son? You got uh, young football players? You got a great family? What's it been like? You've been golfing? You've been traveling? How busy you been? Well, I've been busy, but, you know, COVID has made everything a little bit different and yeah. um, a little bit more difficult. But, um, you know, still my son um, gonna, just got into college. He's going to school, and he's uh, trying to make the football team there. Um, um, and my other son graduated from college. You know, he's now – you know, everything's going on great in the, with the family. Um, Excellent. You know, it sounds like the Raiders are, are, uh, are going to be having a great season this year as well. Absolutely, Mike, and we'll get into that, and we'll talk to you throughout the year, but we wanted to spend most of the time with you today to talk about Cliff, because we came up with the summer of Cliff as Cliff is getting inducted, and I know you got a lot of stories, and I want to know what it was like when you first got to the Raiders from New England after one of the most legendary trades ever pulled off by Al Davis in NFL history, and your earliest recollections getting to know Cliff and competing against him in practice. Well, um, I think the first time I actually met Cliff was probably at a Pro Bowl, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I joined the team, you know, it was, a, you know, a concern for me because, uh, you know, they had Cliff, they had another receiver named Malcolm Barnwell, another one named Calvin Muhammad. And the one thing that all these guys could do that they all had in common was speed. And none of them were as fast as Cliff, but you know that's what they had in common. And and because I had played Cliff when as a as a rookie my first time on the Patriots, and I got a chance to see him on film and see his speed firsthand. When I joined the team, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be tough in practice <laughs> covering him every day. Uh, and then the very first practice, when he came out of the huddle, he told me what he was going to do. So so um. It wasn't the offense trying to beat the defense. Matter of fact, generally, the offense would go against the backup guys, and mm-hmm. um, you know, instead of the first string guys. Uh, but because I was new and I was still getting in shape, and I still wasn't activated to play, I was practicing with the with those guys, and they were all great guys. But when Cliff came out of the huddle, he would actually tell me what he's going to do. He, he, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, I got to be ready to run. And he'd come out of the huddle and he'd say, "I got a slant." 
And I, and I don't say anything. I just wait to see if he runs a slant, and he runs a slant. <laughs> and then he comes out of the hollow again, and he says, I got an out. And so I know his out is like at 18 yards. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting him to do something. He runs the out. I'm going, oh, hey, this is pretty good. He's, you know, and, I, and I said, Cliff, why are you telling me? He says, man, this is practice. This is practice. And I go, okay. And so I realized he probably wasn't running full speed when he was running those routes. And he didn't want me to make him run full speed because I'm breaking him up. And so that made his practice easier. But believe it or not, it made practice better for me because I was going against him. He had a lot of quick moves that he used to like to make, and I had to adjust. And so this allowed me, now I know what he's going to do, this allowed me to to practice better and have better practices and work on my footwork and all that kind of stuff. Now, I could never break up one of those routes because it wasn't, wasn't fair. You know, if he tells me he's going to run in and he runs an in and then I go in there and intercept it, come on, that, that's not yeah. right. You know, so uh, – so we um, we turned turned out to be great for me to have him on my team, and um, it helped my technique and my ability, and, and it helped raise my confidence because I uh, all I had to really worry about was running with Cliff, and uh, of course I know there's no way I can run with Cliff. <laughs> you know, he was he was lightning fast. He really was, and a lot of times you'd see film where he's running right next to the DB. Well, as soon as that ball is in the air, you see him pull away. And that's, that's his, uh, that would, for me, that was his, that was the thing that really made him special. And there was very few guys in the league uh, on any team that could run like Cliff. Hall of Famer Mike Haynes is our guest. You know, Mike, before you came on, I was mentioning when Bill Belichick broke you down on the best 100 players of all time, he raved about how you found the football. And Collinsworth was talking about, and Ed Reed, like the ball's in the air and you're, you have your back to the ball and then boom, you're turning on it. You're making these one-handed grabs, and you're you're finding the ball quickly. And I'm assuming you and Lester going up against Cliff and those great receivers that had to help you because back in the day when you played, you practiced more than the players today. And nothing against the players today; it's a new era. They're in shells or they're doing walkthroughs. But did that help you find the ball? All those plays from your early in your career to late in the career, all those great practices where you had to go full speed and find the football. Well, it, it, it really started with me in college because, you know, I was a wide receiver. And so um, as a wide receiver, I, I had learned to expect the ball at a certain place and a certain alignment coming out of the air or, you know, angle and things like that. So that kind of helped me. And when I studied film, I would watch to see exactly where the quarterback was trying to throw it and where the receiver was trying to, you know, get open. I was also – trying to imagine what it looked like for the quarterback when he drops back and he looks over and he sees the linebacker, you know, in, either inside or outside, and he's going to have to throw the ball based on where he sees that linebacker, uh, not based on me unless the linebacker is rushing and there's only me over there. And so, um, so I, got, I got used to doing that. Uh, and also I used to really like working with the safety because if I looked early um, – the, quarter, the receiver could pull away from me. I wouldn't even know. Um, but mm-hmm. if I looked at the last minute, then I could, you know, look and expect the ball to be coming at a certain place. Uh, and, I, and I would work really closely with the free safety. And I would say, hey, man, you know, don't say ball when the quarterback hasn't even thrown the ball yet. Wait till the ball's in the air. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'd work with the safety to try to help me to time when I did look. 
Because if I looked early, that's bad. If I looked late, that's bad. So I need to work with him on getting me that ball call to help me make the good decision on when to turn around and look for it. Mike Haynes is our guest. So, Mike, as we wrap this up, going back to the Hall of Fame, uh, your memories, you go back a lot, and you're available there, and you love it. What, what, is, what changed your life as a Hall of Famer? Because you do signings all over the country, but Canton's different. And from dinner to meeting up with a, a legend in a hallway or in a lobby of a hotel, when you get ready, and this time you got Cliff, your former teammate, and, and that's going to be a big event what keeps bringing you back to Canton, Ohio, when you try to go back and get the most out of that experience for you and your family? Well, it, I, I can't say that I've always been looking forward to going back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it started for me really when I got the job working at the NFL. And, uh, and I got a chance to talk to the commissioner and talk to owners and, and different things. And, uh, and knowing how the players felt about the Hall of Fame, and everything. And so um, I remember when uh, Commissioner Tagliabue had a meeting and and we were talking about the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I said, I raised my hand. And I said, I said, I don't know how to say this. And I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I said, but, you know, being inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame should be the greatest accomplishment a guy can have. And, and, and I know it is. I said, I don't know. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. But beyond that, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Nothing happens because of that. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed because of that. Now the only thing that happens is you said Mike Haynes Hall of Famer. That's it. You know, there was no extra opportunities. There were no extra income coming. There was nothing special happening. And I have to say, JT, that that is no longer the way it is. Mm-hmm. Thank God. It changed completely where, you know, the Hall of Fame started doing different things around the country and working with different sponsors to get uh, programs implemented. And, uh, and, and the guys were starting to get used as um, uh, ambassadors. Right. Uh, and and for, the, for, for the sport, for the team that they're playing on or played for, uh, you know, and things like that. So it is, a, it, it is turned into exactly the thing that, I wish it had been all along because there's a lot of guys who were inducted into the Hall of Fame, and back in the old days, you had to pay your own way back. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the guys did not have uh, the kind of income that they have today, and so they were not able to afford to go back. But today, the Hall of Fame insures it; they pay for it. Um, and they you can bring your wife, and it's a, it's a great mm-hmm. event. And uh, the fans who really love football. And their team is getting a guy inducted. They show they're showing up, and there's a lot of the former players who are on that team also. Uh, they're showing up. Everybody's there, and it's, it turns out to be one of the greatest um, you know um, party times um, that you know a, a fan could ever want because all of the great players that they watched will be there for that induction as well. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for clear, uh, sharing some Cliff stories. It means a lot. That's what we're trying to do here, make it extra special for Cliff because you know he's looking down, he's listening, and it's going to be one hell of a party, and you're going to be a big part of it. And I'll see you not only in Canton, but we'll see you for Alumni Weekend at the end of August here too. All right. Sounds good, JT. Thank you for listening to Once a Raider, Always a Raider. Make sure to download the official mobile app and visit raiders.com slash history for more historical content.